I don't know if it's necessary to do, but we, um, I, I, I try to at least refocus every time when we, uh, when we do a special shear. When we started the shear uh, three years ago, this Pashas Noach will be three years that we've had this year. Um, we made a break before the various Chagim to try to focus us, which again is in keeping with what we do in the Mesil Susharim Shir. The whole purpose of Mesil Susharim is to teach us about Avodah Hashem and how to develop properly and, and to focus ourselves. And when a Moed comes around, as opposed to a Chag, but a Moed comes around, a specific time that is signified for something special, we have to focus ourselves to take advantage of what that time of year is or to prepare ourselves for that time of year. So, this Thursday night, two nights, we will be getting the nine days. And that requires a tremendous amount of preparation. As everyone knows, all of your laundry has to be done. Uh, those who have small children, there are ways, of course, you know, exceptions, since the, you know, many small children go through two or three outfits in a day, depending on, you know, the weather conditions or their moods or things like that. So, as much as possible for ourselves, we should have the laundry done uh, as soon as possible. We have to plan a week of milchig meals, which, depending, for some people that's a delight, for some people that's a terrible burden. And, uh, and as such, you have to try to come up with noodles and see how many ways you can describe, disguise it so that people will enjoy it. You have to use up all of your flesh because otherwise it sits in the refrigerator for a week. And of course, it's going to be particularly difficult this year because you have a Shabbos right at the beginning. And then you're going to have to have all this stuff, which again, you can freeze uh, some of it. Right? Otherwise, you have to try to figure up some clever way to feed it, finish it over Shabbos. And then after we finish all that, of course, we, we go through the whole nine days. And the nine days is quite an ordeal for us. It was easier in years past. Uh, it's, it's hard for us to imagine what this is. Um, when I was in America, maybe it's not so much here in Israel, unfortunately, perhaps. When I was in America, I remember when I was in, uh, I, I got up from Shiva during the month of Shloshim, and I spoke with the Rav to go over the halachas. So he said, so really, the, you know, the people are knowing the whole 30 days not to take a shower, but we can't live that way today can't live that way today. I mean, here it seems some people can, but in general, general, people can't live that way. That's the idea. So to go through nine days, and then if you, you can only shower for cleanliness reasons, and, you know, again, if you're intellectually honest, that's such a difficult thing to do, you know, because you know you can go to a hospital and have a sponge bath, you know, and so how long do you stay in the shower before you pass that line of cleanliness and you know, give a sigh of ah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the, the certain borderline where there's a certain pleasure involved. So you have to, you have to try to, the nine days are ideal. We have to try to manage. We have to try to get through it. And we finally go into Tishabov. In a regular year, you'll have the Sudamav Sekes, and you go into Tishabov. And then at the end of Tishabov, when normally, normally we sort of look forward to the end of Atinus, um, Hopefully we have an opportunity to reflect on what we gain, but certainly we're looking to, uh, to eat something and, uh, and to sort of put it behind us. It's not an experience. Tanesim are not things that we like to enjoy or like to focus on. We're trying to put it behind us. And we know that the nine days continues for another day. For another day. Not completely another day. It goes the 10th of Av. On a normal year, the 10th of Av, immediately after Tishabav. The laws of the nine days continue in until Chatzos, until noon of the next day. And uh, it's at best anticlimactic. 
at best anticlimactic. I mean, we've gone through a whole Tisha and Tisha itself, Tisha itself seems to be a whole process of working out of Tisha right? You know, that night is very, very extreme, and that the, the extreme continues into the morning, and once you hit Chatzos of Tisha itself, it eases up. Till then you were sitting on the floor, now you can sit on a chair, you can sit on a bed. Till that time you were uh, not allowed to greet, now you can greet. In other words, certain things begin to ease up. There's a, there's a certain uh, lessening of the whole, of the whole tissue of experience. So you imagine by the time it reaches, you go through the afternoon, you reach the, you reach the evening, now we're right back in the nine days. You know, we're right back where we started from before Tishba. Oh, excuse me. I have allergies. I'm sorry. This could go on for a while. No, I'm okay. So, so that is Tishbav, and now we finally find ourselves in the tenth of Av. And yet, the tenth of Av, whatever this attitude is, only continues to Chatzos, which is very strange. Because how often do you find a commemoration that ends at Chatzos at midday? So there are certain people who are weak who can only fast till chatzos, but that that we should lachatchila say that whatever the process is finishes on chatzos. Why should that be? So let's try to get a little insight into what the tenth of of is. We talk a lot about the ninth of of. What is the tenth of of? So there's a gemara in Tainus, Daf Choftes, and. It's the famous Mishnah where it says five terrible tragedies happen on Shavos of Atamuz, five terrible tragedies happen on Tishabav, and the Gemara then goes to find out where that was. Well, how do you know these things happen on these days? So, Chorav Abayez Berishon and Manola. How do you know the first base of Migdash was destroyed on Tishabav? Right? The Gemara wants to know. We take it for granted. How do you know that on the ninth of Av the first base was destroyed? The Pasuk says in Malachim Beis, Ubechodesh HaChamishi B'Shiva L'Chodesh On the fifth month, which is of, on the seventh of the month, Shnas Sha'asrei Shana L'Melech Bukhadnezer, Melech Bavel, Bon of Uzaren, V'Rav Tabachim, etc. So Nebuchadnezzar came, the Yisrof was Beis Hashem. Destroy, burnt, the house of God. And then it says in Yimiyahu, Nun Beis, Ubechodesh HaChamishi B'Esu L'Chodesh yeah, so now it says in the fifth month, which is of, on the tenth of the month, Hishnas Chasre, etc., Yisrof is Beis Hashem, Beis HaMelech. Burnt down the house of God and the palace of the king. The Tanya. We have two psukim that are contradicting each other. One says it was destroyed on the seventh, and one says it was destroyed on the tenth. So how does this work? On the 7th, the non-Jews who were attacking us, the Babylonians, the Edomites, Moab, whoever it was who were going in working for them, mercenaries, came into the Heichel. Shavas Batamas, just so you get, Shavas Batamas, they broke through the walls on the Rosh Chodesh Av, they broke into the walls of the Harabayas. And they fought their way through, and they got to the Heichal on the 7th. On the 7th, they went into the base of Migdash. V'achlu, v'shosu, v'kilkelobai. They ate there, they drank there, and they disgraced it. Zion, Shemini Yuchi. The 7th, the 8th, and the 9th. Ad hayom. Till the day was ending. Somach 
just before nightfall. And as the day was ending, just before nightfall, the Chashech HaSasiri of the 10th, yeah, it just at nightfall, at sunset of Tishabav, they set fire to the Hecho, and then the basement began to burn. And on this, Rabbi Yechanan said, If I had been alive in the generation of the Chorban Bayes Rishon, I would not have established the fast on Tishabav. I would have established the fast on the 10th of Av. Because except for the first spark that was set on the 9th, the Beis Migdash, for the most part, burnt down on the 10th. And aren't we commemorating the destruction of the Beis Migdash? And didn't that take place on the 10th of Av, not on the 9th of Av? I the Rabbanon. What do the Rabbanon say? Because we know we made it on the ninth above. At Chalos the Paranusa Odif. The beginning of the destruction of the suffering is more important. The Tisha Hudahave, and the actual destruction took place in the ninth above. That's when it started. So the tenth above is an extremely significant time. Extremely significant. It is, in fact, the time when the Beis Amigdash was really destroyed. And Rabbi Yochanan himself said that he would have made the Tainus on the 10th of Av. It's brought down to the Rishonim that there are those people who are particularly devout, particularly sensitive. They fast for two days. On the 9th and the 10th of Av. So we commemorate the ninth of Av because that's the beginning of the tragedy. That's the beginning of the tragedy. But the tenth of Av would seem to be the main focus of the tragedy. That's why some people fast. So if the tenth of Av is so terrible, first of all, I don't understand why Rabbi Yochanan is wrong. Why isn't the tenth worse? Because that first spark went out beforehand. That's question number one. Question number two is, if the tenth of Av is such a terrible day, and okay, there's this idea that the that the um, destruction began on the ninth, but the but the real intensity is the tenth, then how come the whole day of the tenth is not commemorated? Comes Chatzos, it ends. Not only does it end on Chatzos. I remember when 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 I was a kid and we'd go to sleepaway camp. You know, it was like, you know, we'd all line up by the pool in our bathing suits and we'd wait. Countdown, six, five, three, two, one, yay. Because then, basically, just finally went out and go swimming. You know, and you find housewives the same with things. You know, they wait to do their laundry. You know, then they wait. They're waiting with their laundry. You know, it's yet good. Put up the water. You know what I'm saying? If this is the icker day, if this is the main focus, it's such a terrible, terrible time. So how come it just ends in the middle of chatzos? Because technically, the best mission is burning. So why don't we take a look at every tragedy and find out what time of day it happened and the time in the middle. You ever find such a thing? The whole day is a day of tragedy. Question number two. Question number three. This really bothers me. We really commemorate the ninth of Av because the ninth of Av is the beginning of the tragedy. 
That's when they actually set fire to it. That's when the process began. But, <laughs> but, Chatzos Hayom, Chatzos Hayom, by noon of Tishabav, we already start easing up. We say the mace is no longer moved to the front of It's as if the dead body is no longer in front of you. But how could you say that? It hasn't even been set on fire yet. The spark wasn't even set until just before sunset. And by noon, before we even took place, we're already up and walking around. Okay, we've got to finish out the tome, you understand? But it's, it's almost as if it's only a technicality that we don't fast on the 10th and we fast on the 9th because at, at the last moment it was set on fire. And halfway through the day already, we're up and around as if it's already over. Chatzay Sayom, it's already over. So we're just finishing it up. So this is uh, some of the problems I have. And I really wanted to make the focus this evening, not the Tisha B'Av Shia, but the 10th of Shia. More the focus on the 10th of Av. This, in fact, becomes particularly significant this year. Particularly significant. Because, as you know, this year is a Tisha B'Av Shechal This is an unusual Tisha B'Av. Comes Tisha B'Av, we'll be eating more or less regularly. When Shabbos ends, we have to stop eating, of course, before sunset. And we have to say, Baruch HaMavdu Ben Kodesh Lachol, at the end, take off our shoes, put on our, you know, sneakers or our slippers or whatever we're going to put on. No Havdola, obviously, on the coast. We only do Havdola by Baruch HaMavdu or in the, in the davening. The Shabbos itself, it's Machlaikis, but we've asking that Dvarim Shabbat we are no hake. Well, it's private things that nobody knows about, whether it's marital relations, whether it's learning Torah. We're only allowed to learn those things you're going on Tisha B'Av. The people who normally learn Pekiyavos, no Pekiyavos. Actually, it's Machlaikis, but more or less, no Pekiyavos. We are focusing on Tisha B'Av. We're not doing what we would normally do privately, but publicly, it's Shabbos. It's Tisha B'Av, and we're eating a meal, and we're drinking wine, and we're singing Zmiros. We're wearing our Shabbos clothes. The Lashen is that you can even have a meal kisuda shloima melech. Like the, like the meal that Shlomo Melech had with all the... This is the finest things in the world. We covered the table of Shlomo Melech. Nothing. Finest fruits, finest foods, finest meats. Every delight and, 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 and pleasure that you want, you can set that on your table. No problem. There's Yerushalmi. Shalmitainis, it says, by me, if Tisha B'Av had come out on Shabbos, I would have canceled it. I would have had a tenth of. That's it, we're finished already. So, we, of course, have Tisha B'Av, and then we make it up in the tenth of Av. Now, maybe, maybe the tenth of Av is supposed to really be our focus. Right? We don't possibly Rabbi Yechonim. According to Rabbi Yechonim, it should really be in the tenth of Av. Uh, there was this this, this uh, Mandahoma in, in, in the Rushami would go so far as to say, nah, forget the tenth of the cloud. But now we we're gonna Mars be fasting on the tenth above. We'll be observing, so to speak, Tishbav on the tenth above. We're gonna be going into it instead of sitting on the floor dipping an egg in ashes, drinking water, sitting by ourselves. We'll be sitting with family and friends at Chal Shudas. You can eat meat and wine, even if you never eat meat and wine at Chal Shudas. You'll go into it like a Kilo Yom Kippur. Kilo Yom Kippur. So then what's our focus supposed to be? 
What are we supposed to be looking at in general on 10th of Av? And what do we do, so to speak, when the 9th of Av becomes the 10th of Av? When the fast of Tisha B'Av comes out on the 10th of Av? So let's understand one other point that I want to make here. And when it comes out on Shabbos, an interesting din. I'm reading in Hilchas Tishabav, Simon Tuf Kuf Nun Tes, Sif Tes. Tishabav Shachal Yoz B'Shabbos. When Tishabav comes out on Shabbos, V'nidchal Yom Aleph, and it gets pushed off to Sunday like this year, Balbris Mispalo Mincha, Ba'od Hayom Gadol. So the Balabris should dive in an early Mincha, and he should wash, and they have the bris. Ve'eno mashlim tanisai lefisha yontif shalohu. He does not finish the fast. It is a yontif for him. It is a yontif for him. Now, in normal tishabov, we don't do this. Bal habris says the Mishnah Brewers of cut lamivav. This includes the father of the baby, the emo, and the mother, the hamoyel, the moyel, and the sandik. And the sandik. This is a fascinating halacha because my brother had a baby whose breast came out on Nidcha Tishavav. And my brothers were offering all kinds of money for the opportunity to be the sandik. Not to have to fast on Tishavav. How often does one have that opportunity? And the truth is that there are other differences like that. A nursing woman, a pregnant woman, there are exceptions that are made on a tishabav that's nidcha, where uh, we're more lenient than we would normally be. Um, he, didn't, he didn't give in to any of the uh, monetary uh, motivations, but he did uh, give it off to a big Rosh Hashiva, who afterwards said, no, of course, he's going to be marshal the tainus, which I, I assume that's what normally would be done. A friend of mine just told me that, that he drove Shlomo Zalman Arbach to a bris on a Tishbev that was Nidcha and he used to look to be Sandik on those occasions because he wasn't well and he wanted the opportunity to be able to eat. He wasn't a well man. So he would look around for an opportunity to be able to be a, a Sandik on these occasions. So you see that that there's a little difference here with the fasting that's going on. Now, let's follow through a little bit because we're going to talk about the significance of Tisha B'Av. We're going to talk about the significance of the 10th of Av. Is there any significance to the 11th of Av? And I think on this we're all agreed, no. No. On the 10th of Av itself, which is the day that most of the base of English was destroyed, we only observe the morning until Chatzos of the 10th of Av. What happens on a year like this, where, so to speak, the Tisha B'Av is Shabbos, and the fast is commemorated on the 10th of Av, that means that at night, it's the 11th of Av. Is there any point? Let's, let's talk about those people who used to fast two days. Should they now fast the 10th and 11th? It's brought down in the Farshim, the Paiskim, no point to that. No point. What's the 11th of Av? So that makes a very interesting Ramah. Tav Kuf Nun Ches. And he starts off by quoting 
The Gemara in Tainus. I'm reading the Mechaber. Says the Mechaber, you really should not eat meat or drink wine the entire night after Tishabav and the entire day. Mechaber. Says the Ramah, we are machmir, only machmir, according to Haggai's Maimani, we're only machmir till Chatzos of the 10th. In Chal Tishabah V'Shabbos, like this year, V'nidcha liyom Aleph, and we push the fast off, which means we're fasting on the 10th, Mutalechol Bos V'yayin, Yom Beis. Monday, right, the day after the 10th of Av, you can eat meat and drink wine. Ava Belayla Oser. But the night of Tishabav, you should not eat meat or drink wine. Because of the morning of the day. Because of the Avelis that we went through in the day. Now, what is this din? It seems to be saying, I mean, it seems to be saying, it's saying that if you, if you mourn during the day, fast during the day, then you should not eat, drink, uh, eat, eat meat and drink wine that night. Consequently, somebody writes a tshuva to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, asking exactly that question. In Arachayim uh, Chelik Gimel, he asks him this question. What about eating meat and drinking wine after a tainus? So, he says to him, which we just read. I would explain the Ramah as saying, that when Tishabav comes out on a, on a Sunday, and it was pushed off from a Shabbos, we don't eat meat or drink wine at night, not because of the fast. It's not different than any other tainus. You never find anybody requiring to fast, uh, not to eat meat or drink wine after a tainus. Because there's a special of idea of not eating because of the availus of Tishabav. I the Afsha Oval Mutta the boss of a Yayin. Oval is allowed to eat meat and drink wine. And Onain is not allowed to. Meaning, from the time a person passes away until they're buried, the mourners have a status known as Aninus. They're an Onain. After the person is buried, they have a dinner of an Oval. So let's say a person dies. You're an Onain. You bury him the same day. You come back the same day. Yeah, you had the Leviah, the person was nifted at 9 o'clock in the morning, you had the Leviah at 12 noon, you come back to the house 2 o'clock in the afternoon, can eat meat and drink wine. And Arvel is allowed to, even the same day. So says with Maisha. So what does it mean because the Avail is during the day? So he says the following. There is one thing that an Onain is not allowed to do the day 
even if it was the same burial. He can't eat kadshim. He can't eat kabanos. So, what's it going to do with anything? Mikol makom ba'aniyas the rabim, because everybody has a din of an onain. Hachmila hanig gam ba'aninus laila bebas v'yayin. Because of this, we are noheg to have this uh, status that our eating boss of yayin should be considered like kudshim in the base of Mikdash. Where a person who's an, an onain the same night is not allowed to eat it. It's a Moshe's Chiddush. It's a tremendous Chiddush. So you understand the Ramah. What bothers with Moshe is a Torah Shlomim. Torah Shlomim is the Shavuos Yaakov, if anyone's familiar. And there are two Ramahs that are very interesting. It has a similar din. The first one is in Yeridea Kufpei Hei. And it's talking about, everyone, you know, that for a person to have, a man to have relations with his wife when she's a nida is a terrible crime. It's a car race. Very serious. And what happens if it happens by accident? Right? Suddenly it has havesis. She didn't. He didn't know. So, what is it? so the Ramah says the following: that should this have happened, Bishogeg, yes, on a mem yom, you should fast for forty days. The enon srichan liyos would sufim. They don't have to be forty days straight. Rakol shavuoshna yom and kulosheni v'chamishi. Each week. Fast two days, like Monday and Thursday. Ubaleo hatainus, and the night of the tainus, also beyayin ubasa. He is not allowed to eat meat and wine. The question is, what does that mean? The night of the tainus. Well, pashtus. When we say the night of the tainus, we know in Judaism, We go by the night into the day. Yeah. We, the night is always attached to the day that comes after it. So when he says that that night you shouldn't eat meat or drink wine, that's probably going in the night before. One more Mayamokam on this. And that is in Shabbos. The halachas of if your house burns down. Now the Gemara is quite uh, the Mishnah and the Gemara talks about this what you're allowed to take out if there's a fire what you're not allowed to do all kinds of things that happens if there's a, if there's a fire and significance that takes place and and I lost my place mark but the Ramah says the following he says today if there's a problem of Sakonis Nefashis because our houses are close together and other problems like that, so then you should uh, not take a chance, you know, if there's Sakonis Nefoshis, put out the fire. But, he says the same thing, that if, I know I have it over here, <laughs> give me just one second, I'm a dollar. But if the uh, but, but to save your property, that you're not allowed to do. Here it is. 
not allowed to save your property. That's my Mashkhil Shabbos. Vim over Vechilel, and if you did violate the Shabbos and you went to save your property, same thing. You have to fast 40 days. You can't eat meat and drink wine. When? When? That's the question. So the Maharshal understands that it's the fast before, or the night before. So the Torah Sashlamim, Shrus Yaakov, says the following. He says, it would seem to me that it should be the night before. Because that's called the night of the fast. He says, but he quotes a Marshal. Marshal says, I don't understand these women. They're women who fast on the Monday and Thursday and then that night, Zotamerit, you know, what would be Yom Shlishi Ba'erev and Yom Shishi Ba'erev, they don't eat meat or drink wine. So he says, It's almost like it's almost like apicursus. It's almost like denial. Because they're going against the Chachamim who tell us that the night always precedes the day. And therefore they can't do this. So Torah Shalomim wants to answer up this marshal. The Li Nira Hatam Poshut. He says, No, this makes sense to me. Why? Because Vitainis Bemakom Karban Kai. He says that a fast takes the place of a carbon. And how does a carbon work? You bring a carbon during the day, and with the exception of Shlomim, you have that night to finish it. You can eat it that day and into the night. Means we do find one place, we do find one place where there is such a concept of the night following the day. That's by a carbon. But Moshe is very... Hutam Tamua. This is a wonder. The Saisim in Bay. It contradicts itself internally. Right? There's no reason it should be like this. And he goes on to explain why he likes the Marshal. And then he says at the end, that the, the Torah Sashlamim, that even though this is a wonder... Gamma prima godam cause of came is shin lamadalit. That the prima godam writes like this, and the Elia Rabba. Now, Rabbi obviously doesn't feel too bad about beating up in the Torah Sashlamim, but he feels a little hesitant to start beating up on the prima godam and on the Elia Rabba. So he tries to be Yashavit somewhat and say it applies to Tanesim that are maybe there for Tshuva, and he's going into a, you know. But he, he says at the end, I like what I said better. That it only applies to Tishabav, and it only applies because since this is a public aninus, so it carries into the night, it should apply the kodshim and the bosses. In place of that, the meat is considered like the kabanas, Satan. So, we see that there is this concept that on the night of the 11th, we don't eat meat, we don't drink wine. And the reason we don't eat meat and don't drink wine, the Ramah says, it's still Avelis. Which the Torah Sashlam says, we extend it in because it's like a carbon. Okay, so let's see what we got now. We can't understand why if Tishabav, the destruction took place at the end, all of the morning eases up 
noontime. We can't understand why the tenth of Av, which should be so serious, it ends at the meaning of Chatzos. We don't normally start or end holidays at Chatzos. We don't understand why, if it comes out on the tenth, the eleventh is no significance, why we can't eat meat and drink wine. So we have Ramesh's approach, and we have the Torah Shalom who says, for some reason the fast is considered like a carbon. And so even if it wasn't for the nine days and the burning of the base of Mikdash, we would never fast afterwards because it's like a carbon. Those are our problems. So let's see if we can begin to establish some understanding and through this get a little idea about what the 10th of Av is because it's something that we need to know every year, certainly need to know it this year, and through that we'll have perhaps get a deeper understanding of Tishavav. Everyone knows the famous story of Rabbi Akiva at the end of Gemara Marcus. I was tempted to bring it and read it because it's so beautiful to read, but I figure everyone's heard it so much and I know I can't, unless the person is really has the gift of, of uh, poetic reading, you know, you don't want to hear a story you've heard a hundred times read again. So uh, I don't have that gift. <laughs> so I will paraphrase it. But uh, it's just Kedai to read through. The Chachamim are walking with Rabbi Akiva to the destruction of the Harabayas where the base of Middash stood. It had been plowed like a field. The destruction was terrible. And from the place where the Kodesh HaKadoshim was, a fox comes out. To see a fox walking in the Holy of Holies where only the Kohen Gadol would go once a year, this terrible, terrible bizayon was just too much. And all the Chachamim began crying. And to everyone's surprise, Rabbi Kiva starts to laugh. They say, Kiva, how could you laugh? How could you see something so terrible and laugh? So he says, don't you understand? If this has been Mekuyim, then so will the Psukim that say, that says that the, the Mikdash become a place for wild animals, then so will the Psukim that say that the Baruch will rebuild the base of Mikdash and bring the Geula. What was Rabbi Akiva telling us? Rabbi Akiva was telling us that. Well, let me, let me paraphrase it in my own way. There's only one place in the world where every place you walk, you'll be walking up. Only one place. The South Pole. If you march to the South Pole, no matter where you walk, you're going to be heading north. No other place to go. You are at the absolute bottom. Right? When you hit the absolute bottom, there is no place to go but up. Consequently, Rabbi Akiva looked and said, Baruch Hashem, the last the last beam fell. The last destruction took place. That means that now we begin the Geula. So what's Rabbi Kiva telling us? Rabbi Kiva is telling us the Geula begins when the final destruction takes place. When the final destruction takes place, then that is the beginning of moving up. The month of Av is a month of the greatest destruction of our people. Consequently, the month of Av has to be the time of greatest Geula. The greatest redemption takes place during the time of the greatest destruction. We all know the Mishnah in Brachos, we say it at the Haggadah, and the Machlekes, whether or not we will say remind ourselves about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim when Mashiach comes. And we respond. Yeah? say, No. Be Moses Mashiach. You won't remember it. You won't remember Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Why? 
because the nisim that are going to take place be Yomosim Mashiach, it means that the nisim that took place on Pesach will pale in comparison. That means, something that we know very well, talk about a little bit more perhaps, that there is an inherent relationship between the month of Nisan, which is the month of Geula, and the month of Av, which is the month of destruction, but has to become a greater time of Geula. And that's why this is called Chodesh Av, and Nisan is called Chodesh Aviv, the little Av. Whatever Av is, on a smaller scale, that's what we experienced on Pesach. But what Av will be, meaning the destruction was so much worse, and the redemption will be so much greater in its fullest manifestation. Uh, maybe you understand another way too. Of can also mean father. Right? The month of the father. Month of the father. Because, well, we know the base of was destroyed. Today he shall go off into Golis. And as the destruction is taking place, the crew of him are embracing each other. Because the destruction doesn't mean that Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't love us. It means that he does. It means that we're going through whatever therapy we need for us to be able to become the people that we're meant to become. Maybe let's throw in another idea about Av. The Maharal explains that the months of Tammuz and Av are particularly bad times for us and they're a time of destruction. It has to be a time of destruction. Why? There's a couple of reasons. One is that they are months of extreme. We Jews don't like extremes. Yeah, even we extremist Jews, you don't like extremes. All of our holidays come out with the equinox. Right? Nisan, Tishrei. But Tammuz and Av, which are the longest days and the hottest time of year, when nobody is happy, <laughs> it's so hot, the sun is blazing, that's a bad time for Jews. You see, in order to exist, to be permanent, you have to have an equilibrium. Things that are extremes, by definition, are not normal, are not natural, and they can't, they can't remain. And therefore, when we reach the point where things meet, Tishrei, Nisan, we know that's normal. Extremes can't be us, can't be normal. It's extremely hot. The sun is extremely powerful. The days are extremely long. It's an abnormal time. Hence, it's a bad time for us. It can be a time of destruction. Okay, what happened on Tishabov? On Tishabov, just by Shkia, they came into the base of Mikdash and they set fire to the base of Mikdash. The Nevishachayim, Rabbi Chaim Volozhin, explains the following idea. Titus, Nebuchadnezzar, these people had no power to destroy the base of Mikdash. Destroy the base of Mikdash? They wouldn't have been able to touch it. They wouldn't have been able to go past the Chiel. They wouldn't have been able to get into the city. I want to say, Baruch Hu let them in. It's a medrash that when they were besieging the city, they couldn't get into the walls, and they measured it, and they saw that the walls were sinking into the ground every day. They just waited until it got low enough. They couldn't, they couldn't do it, unless the Kodesh Baruch Hu let them in. There's too much Kedush in the base of Mikdash for it to be destroyed. 
The only ones who can destroy the base of Mikdash are us. Which means that we had to spiritually destroy the base of Mikdash. We had to first spiritually destroy the base of Mikdash. Lamala. We had to destroy the heavenly base of Mikdash. And then once we did that, there was nothing left down here. It was only a building. We don't care about a building. Uh, once uh, somebody talking to a uh, reformed rabbi fighting for the right to be able to pray at the Western Wall. And he said, what do you want to pray at the, pray at the Western Wall for? Well, it's a place for our people. I said, I said, I thought you hated animal sacrifices. I thought everything that took place here is an abomination to you. It's disgusting. What do you want to pray here for? person doesn't know what to say. <laughs> then, it's just a building. It's just a wall. Unless you understand what it represents. What it represented spiritually, which is the connection between us and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, we broke that building upstairs. Through our maizim, through our actions, our thoughts, our dibor, we chopped it down and broke it and burnt it and destroyed it. There was nothing left down here but a building. We don't need a building. We don't care about a building. I don't care how impressive the rocks are and the columns and the marble. No one cares about a building. It was a means. It was something that linked us up high that we destroyed. So therefore, what did they do? They just destroyed an empty shell. There was nothing left. It was an empty shell. We destroyed the base of Mikdash. That's what Chaim Velazhin says. At the end of Tisha B'Av, they set fire to the base of Mikdash. But they couldn't possibly destroy the base of Mikdash unless it was already destroyed. Maybe that's the reason that Tisha B'Av becomes lighter in the middle of the day. Because after we had already destroyed the base of Mikdash, they weren't destroying anything. They were just burning a building. The moment they set fire to the base of Mikdash, that meant that the base of Mikdash was already gone. That meant, if you will, they were beginning the process of Geula. Once they destroyed the physical base of Mikdash, that means that we hit rock bottom. There was no place else to go but up. They weren't destroying the base of Mikdash. They were clearing the way for the third base of Mikdash. They just didn't realize it at the time. They didn't realize the significance of what they were doing. They just broke a building. We destroyed the base of Mikdash. That's when we hit rock bottom. So we have this strange thing. The morning stops at Chatzos. In the midday, Tishbev gets much lighter. And then we continue it through to Chatzos of the next day. Since when do we start running a, a, a holiday from noon to noon? We always go from sunrise to sunset or from sunset to sunset. Now, there is one other time. There's one other time. It's a carbon. It's the carbon Pesach, which has to be brought Ben Ha'aboyim. The carbon Pesach we bring Ben Ha'aboyim afternoon, twilight, twilight. We have to wait till that point to be mock of the carbon Pesach, and then we eat it till Chatzos Halayla. There's one at the time, Pesach, that we go from Chatzos to Chatzos. And you know that on Pesach, there's a minog, Pesach night, that you eat an egg. Why? Because whatever day Pesach is, that'll be Tishabov. Tishabov and Pesach is the same day. Only one's a little one, Aviv, and one's a big one, Av. 
It's the same relationship. They go from chatzos to chatzos. Now what's chatzos? It's the most amazing thing. You have to bring a mincha shabbein ha'abayim, which means the aft twilight, the twilight one. You know when you bring it? You know when ben ha'abayim starts? One minute after noon. When the sun is at its zenith, one minute after that, it's already twilight. Twilight? It's the hottest part of the day. The sun is at its brightest. It's beating down on top of us. No, no, it's already set. You just don't realize it. It's on its way down. It's already over. You just don't know it. On Pesach, we have to wait till the sun starts going down. On Tishabav, once the sun starts going down, oh, Baruch Hashem, we can get off the floor. And the next day when the sun starts going down, it's all over. It's all over. Sure. Of course it's all over. Because the whole power that exists is coming from this abnormal power of the sun, from its heat, from its, from its, 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 its long days, from all the power that the nations of the world are able to pour out against us. But us? We're just waiting. We look at it now when the destruction is taking place and we know it's already the redemption. That we just started walking north. It just clicked. It's a little click you hear there. It's brought down. One of the reasons we start to ease up is because the Mashiach is born in Chatzos of Tishavav. That means that once we finished our destruction, click, the Geula starts. That's when it begins switching over. We get up, we get off. The business isn't even set on fire yet. doesn't make a difference. It's already destroyed. All they're doing is clearing the property. Which maybe brings us to the Torah Sashlamim, who says that on a year like this, when it comes to the 10th of Av, and it comes at night, it's the 11th of Av, we still don't eat meat and drink wine because it continues in like by a carbon. Like by a carbon. There's one carbon like that, carbon Pesach. It goes from Chatzos to Chatzos. It goes into the night. This is the only other carbon that we have in our daily life that seems to go from Chatzos to Chatzos. What is a Tainus? We say it. It feels Zaka. Much earlier references, but we, the Ramban says it in, in, in Vayikra, but we say it, but Pem Mole on Erev Yom Kippur, you say it feels Zaka. And by the lessening of our fat and our blood that we do on a fast day, that should be the forgiveness. And our fasting should be considered before you, Hashem, as Gufenu al Gabi our fasting should be as if we were makriv ourselves as a karban, and that sweet smell should come before you. What's a tainus? It's a it's a malishek karban. It's malishek. We make ourselves into a karban. We make ourselves into a karban. And so this year in the ninth of Av, explains the Mandarim and the Yishami who says once the ninth of Av came out on Shabbos, who needs to fast? Because you know there's a din on Yontif. Simchas Yontif. You have to eat meat, you have to drink wine, you have to celebrate. Not on Shabbos. Shabbos is not a time of celebration. Shabbos is a time of Kedusha. You have to eat. You have to drink. 
like we do on Shavuos. Why? Because everything that we eat on Shabbos is Kula Kaddish. We're not eating it like we do on Yontif to get pleasure. Whatever we eat, Mamish becomes like a carbon. It becomes something that's Kaddish. I don't have to fast on Tisha in order to be able to make myself into a carbon. I can eat on a Shabbos and make myself like a carbon. It's the same idea. We don't pass like the Ushami. We fast on the 10th. We, we offer up the actual goof. But it's a little different on the 10th than it was on the 9th. We're a little more makel. Because on the 9th of Av, and make no mistake about this, I mean, don't, don't, please don't misunderstand me halachically. We're supposed to mourn and we're supposed to, the destruction of the Basement should be before us all the time. There were Prussian who didn't want to eat meat or drink wine all the time. Rav Moshe has a chuva where he says, I don't know how people listen to music, Bismarck. I don't understand how. There's a chuvah based on English. How do you listen to it? 2,000 years later, Moshe Feinstein in America says, how do people listen to music? Then we go crazy for three weeks. He says, how does anybody ever listen to music? It's a chuvah based on English. So, make no mistake, I'm not saying on the 10th of Av we should be changing our focus. Completely. But it means that we have to understand that what the fast of Tisha B'Av is on Tisha B'Av, and what the fast of Tisha B'Av is on the 10th of Av is a little different. Because, click, it already started to change. We're bringing ourselves as a carbon because that's what we're supposed to do. But that avoda of bringing ourselves as a, as a carbon we did by eating a Sudik Shlomo Melech. Because Shlomo Melech, who had the finest delicacies on his table, is the one who wrote Kehelis and said, Hevel, Hevel, Akohavolim. Because then, I didn't get any pleasure from this world. It says that same thing about Rebbe. It says Rebbe had the greatest delicacies on his table. We saw this in Silsa Sharm. And when he died, he lifted up his ten fingers and said, I didn't have a Hanar from one finger. I had the greatest delicacies on my table. Shlomo had the greatest delicacies. On a Shabbos, we can put the greatest delicacies on our table. At the end, lift our fingers up and say, we didn't have any Hanar from this. Everything we did was Kula Kaddish. That was the reason we did it. It was holy. It was sanctified. But because it's a carbon, it has to extend into the night. Tishabav has to extend into the night. There's a story I, 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 told, I tell over a number of times during the Gulf War. When we were waiting for the war to start, George Bush had said January 15th is the deadline. And everybody was very nervous what was going to happen chemical attacks, terrible things. And someone asked for Shlomo Zalman and he said, he says, I can't, I'm not a Navi, but I'll tell you, I guarantee you the following. January 15th, the deadline. On January 16th, all of Klaiso is going to say halal. And this year, on Tisha B'Av, we're going to eat meat. And it went like wildfire. So everybody realized that year 1991, January 16th was Rosh Chodesh. So of course everybody would say halal. And Tisha B'Av was like this year, came out on Shabbos. But for a while we were really excited. I don't think that Shlomo Zaman was pulling everybody's leg. Not completely. Because when we eat on Tisha B'Av, there is an Indian of a Simchat. It means that Kodesh Baruch was giving us the opportunity to serve him through a positive means as opposed to a negative means. You don't need a Tisha B'Av if we don't want one badly enough. We don't have to have a Tisha B'Av. Anytime we want to th- throw off our shackles and get out of this prison, we have the option. It's completely up to us. The Geula started 2,000 years ago. Kodesh Baruch was just waiting for us to put up the finishing touches on the base of Migdash. The building can come in a moment. 
Chilam Shakalim Rum. So we're going to have our Shabbos Tishavav where we can eat a Sudak Shlomo Melech, including Shalashudas, because that's the whole reason you eat Shalashudas. Right? I, I, I had this discussion with my guys. You know, someone said to me, What is Shalashudas? What word is that? <laughs> Shalashudas. I looked at the dictionary, especially Shalashidas. You know what I'm saying? Shalashudas. What is Shalashudas? You know? What word is that? So in modern Hebrew, they say Sudat Shlishit. But that's not Shalashudas. Right? Shalashudas is a corruption of Shalosh Sudais. Shalashudas. But that's wrong, right? It should be Sudat No, it's supposed to be Shalashudas. Or Shalashudas. <laughs> when I was running NCSY in America, we used to buy all these salads from, from this uh, company called Sally Sherman. So we used to call it Sally Shudas. <laughs> but Shalashudas is supposed to be, it's supposed to be Shalashudas. Because you don't normally eat that time of day. Then you usually have breakfast, lunch, and supper. Right? So you have your big lunch, especially in the winter. Who's going to eat a third meal? You only eat a third meal because I want to eat a third meal. I'm not eating supper. I'm eating to be mekayim in Shalosh Tudos. To be able to fulfill Shalosh That's the only reason I'm eating. When you eat on Shabbos, you're only eating in order to be mekayim in Shalosh Tudos. There's a in Gemara Erevin. If I walk into a house that has tzaras, I become tummy. How long? The amount of time it takes to eat a meal. There's a whether it's a weekday meal or a Shabbos meal. And both mean to be makel. This will be Huda and Meir. Both want to be makel. Why? Because one says, I say a weekday meal because on Shabbos, of course, you eat more. The other one says, no, of course not. I say a weekday meal because on Shabbos, you eat less. So you'll have more room for Shal Shudas. You know what I'm saying? In other words, the whole focus of eating on Shabbos is Shal Shudas. To be Mekayim the Mitzvah. And then we go at night of the 10th, as the basement is burning, and a little click has already taken place, and we fast on the commemoration, recognition that the basement is destroyed and hasn't been put up yet because we haven't finished the process. And when we reach that night, we continue certain elements of mourning, according to the Torah Shlomim, because we understand that it's something that we have offered as a carbon, and that goes into the night. So when we reach Sunday night, the whole package comes together. We make Havdolah and the Kais, linking together the Shabbos and the Tishabav. We go out and make Kiddush Lavana. Now we're still supposed to be in mourning, right? But you can't make Kiddush Lavana when you say it. So we wait till Motzi Tishabav. Motzi Tishabav. Normally it's the tenth and the base is burning. Or this year we're still supposed to be in Avelis. There was a little click. And we go out to be Makadish Levana because we look at the moon and we say, Hey, we passed midday. And we passed the, the that point in the summer where the sun was at its strongest. And now the only place we can walk is north. We've reached the worst destruction. Now begins the Geula. We look at the moon and we say, B'nai Yisrael is compared to the moon. It's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And when Mashiach comes, we know, it says the moon and the sun will be the same brightness. There will be no extremes anymore. Everything will be the same. <sighs> like Rishon Zalman said, it's a year with no Tishavav. And Amir Hashem, it doesn't have to be as a joke. It could be a real thing. We could spend Tishavav celebrating 
when the base, second base mission was built, Tishabov was, as it has this aspect to, it's a moed, it's a holiday. We don't say tachnun. We understand that, that we don't say slich. We understand that this is something special here. And because of that, we still have time to take advantage of that. All we have to do is put those last few bricks, put those finishing touches in the base of Midrash Lamala. The building down here is the easy part to do. Because the click already took place 2,000 years ago. And now it's just for us to put the finishing touches on. Mitzah Shem.